Hello and welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 23. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And we have entitled uh, this podcast, Welcome to Spring, Here's Some Snow. Yep, because it did snow quite badly in Sheffield where we are, didn't it? It it did, and possibly in quite a few other places as well where we might have listeners uh, tuned in. You might have had a bit of extra snow, snow you don't normally expect when you get into April, particularly around the Easter sort of time. You get April showers, not April snow snowstorms. Exactly. Um, I think there's now a statistic out there, isn't it, that it's more like, you're now more likely to get a white Easter than you are a white Christmas. Has, has there ever been a white Christmas, other than, <laughs> other than Bing Crosby's household? Well, probably not. This is, this is certainly not for where we live, anyway. Not, not, not in my memory. He probably didn't have it in his household, anyway. That's why he was dreaming of it. But it doesn't, and it doesn't really have to be. Um, I know we're talking about Christmas here, and it's Easter, but it doesn't really. It, to it, what is it to be a white Christmas? Does it just have to be a small dusting of snow on the road outside, and then you've got a white Christmas? That shouldn't count. It's got to be deep snow, I think. Well, I suppose as long as there's something, there is enough that make you want to go to the local supermarket to buy some milk and bread. Obviously, the irony is that it's going to be shut on Christmas Day, but yeah, that's that's probably the big <laughs> metric of how badly it snowed. And the Easter Bunny had struggled to get about this year, wouldn't we? With the snow that we had, I suppose it was it was on the Monday, though, weren't it? It was on the Easter Monday rather than the Easter Sunday. So technically, we didn't get a white Easter, did we? Because it came on the Easter Monday. We didn't, so perhaps that's why Jesus left his tomb all those years ago, just to go and play out in the snow. <laughs> Possibly, and a, a day earlier than the snow was expected, I yes. don't know. Anyway, uh, welcome to episode 23. Um, we only did an episode, didn't we, just just last week, so you've got quite two in, the short spa- in a short space of time after we kind of vanished for three weeks or so. Yeah, we're, we're making up for a lost time. But I think we got on one website we got described as bi-weekly. Um, uh, which I don't know if they were pointing out our sexuality there or something, which, yeah. which is not the case. But yeah. um, Why can't they just say fortnightly? <laughs> It'll be a lot better. Or just every now and again. Whenever we get the chance, we're both quite busy. <laughs> yeah. But no, it means, I think what they were trying to get at is we try and do it every two weeks, which is true. We do try and do it every two weeks. Does bi-weekly mean twice a week or every two weeks? I think it's supposed to mean every two weeks. Right, because that can get a bit confusing, really. Yeah, it? it can do, yeah. That hence, just use the word fortnightly. We've got us two weeks in a row now, anyway. So, um, what what we're going to be doing this time, we're going to be talking about April, because it's just turned April, and uh, we, we didn't do as many podcasts in March, did we, as we did in previous months, so we thought we'd better, you know, March went by without much of a saying, you know, we didn't really give it much of a mention, did we? Uh, we didn't, so obviously, uh, we're now into April, we're doing it one ep- one episode a week at the moment, so that's presumably mono, is that mono weekly? Who knows? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> or just every week, what's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to try and run through some of the things that happen in April, uh, and raise a bit of awareness for them. And we will be also talking. Um, well, we've had we did Easter last time, didn't we? we? Talked a bit of chocolate, but of course we've also got April Fool's Day, haven't we? Which has just fell, yeah, um, just gone. And it is, you know what? It's the did, first time actually. Did, it's, it's, did it really fall, or was it just joking? <laughs> well, actually, do you know April Fool's Day and Easter Sunday they fell on the same day um, this year. That hasn't happened since 1956, and the next time is 2029. Really? So it's quite a rare thing to happen. So we, we you know, we should mention that and do something towards April. Fool's Day, um, but anyway, have we got a drink lined up? Uh, we have. Uh, so I'll... while you put, you can tell. We'll, we'll put some music on while you while you crack it open for us. What have you gone for today, Fisher? I've got uh, some Saltair Blonde. So we've had Saltair before, haven't we, on this show? Um, they they liked one of our tweets when we told them they would, we were drinking their beer alongside the podcast. So They liked one of our tweets, so we have gone back to them. And that is a, a firm message to anyone else who likes our tweets. 
One of the other reasons we're drinking that is because uh, I turned up at Fisher's house knowing it should have been my turn to get a drink in, but forgetting it as well at the same time. So I forgot to bring the beers this week. So so we're relying on basically what I'd already got in the house. I'm, I'm in debt to Fisher now and, and being behind on rounds, aren't I? So I promise to get up, catch up next time. That could be our uh, Apology of the Week, which brings us on to Apology of the Week. What have we got, Fisher? What have we got to apologise for? Well, um... We apologise for getting the story wrong last week about the Australian cricketers. Um, it was noted that we'd said that they'd, they'd tampered with the ball by using some adhesive with something stuck to their hands. Turns out, and, that, and that's what we'd said on the podcast, <laughs> turns out, load of rubbish, it was actually sandpaper all along. And we were talking, weren't we, about how um, adhesive is probably something you don't want to be putting down your trousers. <laughs> yeah, and sandpaper probably less so. <laughs> exactly. So, so, this, so really, it's not, ruined, it's not ruined last week's comments, has it, I suppose. It still the same applies. Just be careful when putting any sort of adhesive or yeah. or, in, or sandpaper down there. Good job, wasn't it? The Australian sandpaper. cricketers have just, you know, they, they was, if you see them now walking around B&Q, you're going to be wondering what they're after to put yeah. down the, the pants. I mean, why doesn't someone just buy them a toolbox? To put their uh, spare bits of DIY kit in there instead, <laughs> instead of just like shoving them into their trousers. But, uh, uh, I would say we've got the Saltair Blonde, by the way, jumping back to that. Uh, I can't help notice, uh, well, I talked about Saltair on the podcast last time we drank it and said their World Heritage site uh, is based in, is it near sort of Shipley and Bradford, that kind of area, the village of Saltair? Um, I think an old um, um, rag trade town, so it produced cotton and what have you in Saltair. Uh, typical Yorkshire town. It claims to have straw-coloured light ale, which is good, although obviously it depends what kind of colour you're used to having your drinking straws. Um, and do you know where it's got its hops from? Nice traditional Yorkshire beer with spicy hops from... Uh, you're not going to say Sheffield, are you? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely no. not going to say Sheffield. Okay, fair enough. Uh, where, where do you think, then? So not local. I'm guessing we're not local. Czechoslovakia. <laughs> well... So- like you've got, you've got to, you've got to go searching for these hops, haven't you, to make the nicest beer? Not that we're claiming to be beer experts. We we don't try and claim to be beer experts. We just like drinking it, don't we? We do. Um, even even if the hops do come from Czechoslovakia, and there's nothing wrong with that. Although, sorry, Czech Republic, I suppose I should say. Do you think they'll be uh, not again, not in favour of Brexit then, if the price of their hops goes up? I think they'll be hopping mad if that was the case. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> So then, the joke that we should have done last episode, and we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We were talking about Ant and Deck on their Saturday Night Takeaway. I'm not sure if you watched this week's Ant and Deck Saturday Night Takeaway. I didn't, I didn't watch it. I said the only reason I was probably interested in watching it was to see Deck trying to do it on his own. Um, but apparently he did pretty well, didn't he? He did. Um, no pun intended. Um, sorry, actually, obviously. Of course I intend the pun. You can't say no pun intended, can you? And then follow up with a pun and <laughs> then claim it wasn't intended. I mean, if I'd have made the pun and then said afterwards no pun intended, people might have actually understood that it was unintentional. Um, but what I was going to say is people were expecting it to be a bit of car crash telly. Um, <laughs> which is not the joke we should have done last week, I well, That's something I've just thought of just now. Dex had a very strange couple of weeks, hasn't he? Because obviously, you know, that happened with Ant's not going to be really great for him, his career, his workload. Well, I th- well it's not for his workload, is it? Uh, but but it, then, then he also announced that he was having a child, didn't he? Um, which I think is a quick response to losing your partner. Quick, we need it. We need. I need another one. Quick. <laughs> Hopefully, in like seven or eight years' time, they'll be able to appear on uh, on TV. Um, but yeah, it's quite an interesting way of uh, of doing it. Um, the the joke about the car crash TV was not the one we should have made last week, by the way. Although okay. that might actually have been better than the one we should have made. That I'm about to say. But um, what I th- what thought we could have said at the time was, wouldn't it have been great if it turned out that after Ant had crashed his car, that it was just one of these hidden camera stunts that they do. 
Of course, because they do that, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, they, there's, there's like maybe the whole thing is a whole setup, and maybe it'll appear in, in the last episode of of Saturday Night Takeaway. It was actually just all a big joke. Yeah, and maybe Ant wasn't really Ant in the car. Maybe the small child in the car that was hit was actually Vern, Vern Troyer or something like yeah. that, and it was all it was all a massive hoax, another Ant and Deck hoax. Yeah, may, maybe Deck has set Ant up in the ultimate Ant and Deck prank. Yeah, it could have been the case. It would be very very sick if that's if that is the yeah. case. I think it is quite unlikely by the time. And his mum might be in on it as well, since she was in the car at the same time. Yeah, perhaps it's just Deck's sort of. Way to try and get a pay rise is probably getting paid twice as much now. You would have thought doing twice the amount of work. I suppose so. so. Did he not try to hand over to himself or anything like that? Uh, no, and they still call the program Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway just without Ant. <laughs> or they did appear in a couple of pre-recorded bits. But it was it was, it was a very good uh, sort of debut for him on his own after twenty years of not being on his own. So well done to him. He ought to get like a you know um, a partner or something maybe to present the show with him. Yeah, I mean maybe. There was, there was a... <laughs> There was Stephen Merchant on there. Oh, right, okay. Who, who was the guest announcer. Yeah. And did very well as a guest announcer. And at the end of it, he walked down onto stage and stood next to Deck. And the slight problem is Stephen Merchant's about six foot seven <laughs> and Deck's about five foot six. So there was a big height difference. Didn't quite match properly. Yeah. But Ant's forehead's quite big, isn't it? So probably in, in total, they were probably yeah. about the same height. It's pretty much the same, yeah. So then, uh, on to the news, and uh, a few things that we, we, we picked out that, that have been going on in the news, I don't know where to start really. Uh, shall we start with, shall we start with the, the sort of big news story that's uh, out there and that you can't see, you can't seem to get away from? Brexit. And, and I'm, I'm starting to wonder how many people understand what's going on with this one. Um, but the whole sort of Labour, um, the, the anti-Semitism thing. Yes, um, I don't really know much about it, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh... I'm trying to get my head round it. Yeah. Uh, what I don't want to do is uh, offend anyone. Um, yeah, exactly. So we'll 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 avoid yeah. doing that. I've, I, I, I mean, people talk about anti-Semitism. What about Uncle Semitism? Why is he not getting a mention? <laughs> uh, is is that fair? It's very one-sided. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is that is that being offensive towards men by not mentioning him as well? <laughs> and is is it bad against women that anti-Semitism is uh, is is an offensive term? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but there seems to be a row. Um, where Jeremy Corbyn's sort of um, group within the Labour Party is accused of anti-Semitism. I don't really know enough about it to particularly comment. Um, I think probably the excuse of continually coming back and saying, oh, I think you're just making it up and being silly now, uh, is probably not a very good... The, the, the confusing thing for me about it now, I've not, you know, like, I've not, I don't really know enough about it to really to, to comment too much, but I do know that there's obviously the, the row is about um, Labour's, or not, not, not necessarily everybody in the Labour Party, but obviously there are individuals in the Labour Party who hold these anti-Semitic uh, views. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy Corbyn went to meet a group of Jews and then he was told, no, not them Jews, not yeah. them, they're not the right Jews. They're the wrong type. <laughs> that, that, um, that's the bit that's really confused me. So if I wasn't confused, I was already a bit confused before about what was going on, and now I'm even more confused. So Yeah, I suppose it's only like if you were uh, going to see some Christians instead of going to see people from Church of England or Catholics or whatever. But I believe that, allegedly, the Jews you did see uh, had got slightly more extreme views, but uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how well, extreme. Or... The, the group who we went to see are called Judas, aren't they? Judas. Right, okay. Which you... actually, it's quite good for Easter because it's, it's. No, it's... they're not good for Easter. They're bad. They're the baddies at Easter. Oh, aren't right, they? okay. Well, I know it's got this. It's got the ring. It goes along with the Easter story in, in a sort of weird way, doesn't it? But well, it sort of does. But yeah, it's not. They're not the people you want to kind of like hang around with, really. <laughs> 
Um, he probably should have done his research, if anything. Yeah, why don't Make you... sure he got that bit right. Yes, you would have thought so. Um, so that's that's one story that's been in the news. Um, another one is, uh, have you heard about Adele marrying Alan Carr? Adele? What, they mean the, the singer... Um, singer Adele. Someone like you and, uh, you know, rolling the deep, like yeah, yeah. all that kind of thing, yeah? Uh, she Hello? Mar- Hello, yes. I know we said that at the start of the podcast, but I'll say it halfway through as well. Yeah. Uh, so, are we talking about the same Adele? Adele? Uh, we are talking about the same Adele. She married Alan Carr. Okay. Uh, Even I, I'm, I'm, how did I that happen? Yeah, because I, I, I think I, I don't know if she's Alan Carr's type. Um, I don't think she is. But when I say she married Alan Carr, unless it's gone by weekly like us, uh, could have been a bit, a bit extreme <laughs> to get married just on the basis of something you do once every fortnight. But <laughs> she married Alan Carr in the sense that she was the minister who ordained at his wedding. So he, he married his boyfriend, and the ceremony was conducted by Adele. Right, okay, interesting. That was in January of this year, and it's just come out in the news that she did it. Okay. She also arranged all the catering, and as if she's not busy enough, I mean, she had to cancel some tour events because of having a bad throat, and yet she spends her time messing around marrying Alan Carr. Um, she, apparently she's good friends with Alan Carr, obviously. It would be a bit weird if they weren't friends, and she just said, I'll arrange a catering and marry you. And uh, she also sang the first song. Any ideas which song it was? It's not been revealed yet, but I would have thought... I can't imagine that she'd want to... Bear in mind, most of Adele's songs seem to stem from her like, breaking up with a boyfriend. That's probably <laughs> not a, very, a good one to have at a gay wedding, is it? Possibly not, no. Uh, yeah. Rolling in the deep, does that really work? Chasing pavements? Chasing pavements, yeah. Uh, uh, perhaps his, perhaps his uh, husband is a former debt collector, so she sang Chasing Payments or something like that. <laughs> I, Possibly, I, that might be it. I don't know. I don't know which one they did actually uh, she did sing. I think we should have done this story, actually, um, this new story, after after the first one that we did. Um, since we got talking about um, sort of Easter Jews, Judas and all that, yeah. uh, <laughs> there was a, a church um, got into, uh, well, a bit of an awkward situation when instead of printing a sign saying, uh, Christ has risen... They printed one saying Chris has risen. All right, <laughs> not sure which Chris they were referring to. Uh, I don't. It's nothing to do with me. Any famous Chris's who have? Uh, yeah, it's nothing to your your name's Chris, obviously. It is. Um, maybe maybe it was maybe it was you. Maybe it was talking about you. Maybe maybe they've heard being listened to the podcast and they think that you know maybe it's a podcaster from from medieval times or from from biblical times that has uh, not been around for a long time and they've heard your podcast and they think he's back. He's back. Chris has risen. Yeah, it could. Well, I think it's probably something else. I think it might be a misprint for Christ if I was <laughs> if I was a betting man, or it could be you know it, they could have shortened it. Should have been could have been Christopher Christian. Who knows? Um, it's, it's, it was apparently it was a mix up with the printers. Um, oh, uh, you don't say really. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chance of that? And it was in it was in York actually as well where this is this has gone off. But uh, I wonder if that sign's worth anything on on eBay now. You know now that it's. Now that it's you know kind of made the news, it could be worth some worth something. A lot of people call Chris out there who might want them that on there. Would you like that on your bedroom wall, Fisher? Uh, not really. I don't think my wife would be too impressed with it if, <laughs> uh, if that was on there. Particularly if it was facing out. How how big was the sign? Do we know? Um, I'm assuming quite sizable for. I, well, for it to be on I'm, I'm guessing it's one either. that would go like as a bit of a banner outside the church when right. it gets near Easter and so on. But um, apparently, somebody replied on Facebook to it because it was shared more than three thousand times. Uh, somebody replied to it saying, "More tea, vicar." Hey, you see what they've done there. That's very we good. ought to get them on the podcast, really, yeah. shouldn't we? Uh, any more? Uh, anything else you want to cover? We've got some other news stories on there. Yeah, I mean, we don't really mention the B word, do we? Uh, of Brexit, um, but. I can't help notice there is a story, uh, we've not got a huge amount of material this week, so uh, if in doubt, just talk about Brexit for 10 minutes, and uh, <laughs> that's what most other sort of uh, podcasts and TV programmes seem to do nowadays. What would, what, would, what, would, what would people talk about if Brexit wasn't happening? Donald Trump. 
Well, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but, you know, we don't particularly like to mention either. But I can't help notice that we're going to get blue passports, Jimbo. How do you feel about that? Um... Not particularly fussed, yeah, to be honest. If they were cheaper, I'd be more impressed. If they, if somebody said, yeah, we're going to get new passports and they're not going to cost much when you renew them or you're not going to have to pay much to renew them. Hmm. Ah, well, they, they are going to be a bit cheaper, possibly, because we're saving costs by manufacturing them in France. Oh, right, OK, well, um, there you go. So that, I'm sure that'll delight any Brexiters. <laughs> um, you know, let's retake control of our borders, put Britain first, You know, manufacture our own things. We're making our passports, our blue passports, uh, France. Oh, uh, well, that's not quite worked very well, has it? Surely, how embarrassed must you feel, though, if you're pushing out for, isn't this great, blue passports, which I don't really see why it makes any difference, and apparently we can actually... As long as it's not red and white passport, I'm fairly happy. Um, well, I suppose if you... Blue and white stripes would be a better passport, if anything. People put personalise them, anyway, you put different covers on them, can't you? So, who, who, does it really matter? Do you think the, uh, do you think the hardened um, Remainers... When they get their blue passport, or just get like a red pen out and start colouring it back in red instead, and, <laughs> and back it with a little maroon thing. Because you can buy little leather wallets that can go in, can't you? Yeah, but, exactly. Although so. you always get told to take them out um, because there's some sort of uh, risk or something. I'm not sure. They like you to take them out. The, the so it's, actually, it's a genuine passport. It's not just like a yeah passport photo. Stuff I'm, I'm sure they've got enough devices to detect that it's a real passport, though. You know, I don't, I don't think the covers anyway. Yeah, but uh, I was just amazed by the story in general that. Um, we had such a big fuss about it. As I said, to be fair, a lot of people were talking about the cost of getting blue passports. But surely we'll just wait till your passport expires and then replace it with a blue one, won't you? You're not going to become and you're not going to all of a sudden run around and give everyone new passports. I imagine Which, the I imagine any that are in date will still stand until they're not in date. You would have thought I hope so because so, I, yeah. I don't know they're expensive, aren't they? Well, it's, it, I suppose it is quite a big red tape issue. I mean, one of the problems is that uh, it actually says European Union on the front of the passport. Actually, that said, I say it's a red tape issue. Uh, what they could do is, with the red passports, use that red tape and then stick that over where it says European <laughs> Union and the problem's solved. So we don't even need blue passports anyway. Who do they think they are um, messing with our passport system? I suppose we'll just have a look at the passports and check and, yes, see, yeah. and see exactly who they are. Anyway, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, the Russian spy um, poisoning thing that's sort of rumbling on. It's and still going on. on. Found out now that it comes from their front door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I bet the milkman's a bit worried in the postman <laughs> as to what's, what's uh, you know, it's all this time and they found it's from their front door. Or all these journalists who probably congregate outside their house yeah. to find out what's going on. Uh, what are the chances are that the, the place you got poisoned was in your own house? The place where you spent most time? But Not to... on your own doorstep. Yeah. Perhaps, do you think someone's maybe put it on the door, then knocked on the door and run off like you used to when, it, when you were a kid <laughs> and like nick the milk or whatever, but instead they've left some poison there? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a knock-a-door-run prank gone horribly wrong, I suppose. Yeah, or horribly right if you're kind of... If you're Russian. Russian. Yeah. <laughs> um, Allegedly. Yes, but the response is now to, we've expelled some of their diplomats. You know what they've done? Uh, well, they've, they're just doing everything that we're doing, aren't they? Yeah, uh, so they've expelled some of our diplomats from there. And it's just going to continue. To... What do the dip? I don't know this. You might know the answer. But what do the diplomats do when they've been expelled? Do they have to do their homework at home? You know, a bit like school students when they get expelled. Well, I don't know. Excluded I, I, or whatever. I don't really do know they... exactly what a diplomat does, other than be diplomatic. It's obviously the main <laughs> main crux of what they have to do. And obviously, for a large part, they kind of go around and negotiate. Um, with... Do you think they'll go to a different country, or do you think they'll just sort of sit around and at home? Well, work from home? I presume you're quite a specialist, aren't you, at your certain country? You can't just sort of say, well, I've got 15 years work- experience working with Britain, I know the ins and outs of the country. Oh, well, we're not allowed there anymore, so can you just go to Cuba instead? <laughs> well, I don't know anything about Cuba. So if it's people coming back here from Russia who are diplomats in Russia, could in, in finding them another job, what could they do here? They've got Russian expertise. Um, um, 
work for uh oh, what could they do for the perhaps they could the... test out the russian vodka they could, could do, do yeah they could do things like that what else is russia famous for they could like stand at the... i mean one thing that intrigued me is what is happening when they're actually gonna fly back because it must be a bit confusing all of a sudden you've got to gather all your possessions up you actually live in a country don't you so you put all your luggage in the suit in the on the aeroplane or whatever. When they unpack, do you think they've actually got luggage in there? Do you think they open the suitcase up and there's another small suitcase in it? And then another small suitcase in that and they keep going? <laughs> it turns out they have no possessions. But I, I don't know what Russia's famous for, really, other than, you know, killing the opposition. And they're in a lot of spy films. Communist, yeah, spies, yeah. I wonder, I've always thought this, you know, on the other side of, you know, in Russia, do they have their own Bond sort of thing? A Russian version of James Bond where all the bad guys are British. I, don't, I really don't know. I'd, yeah. I'd love to know. I'd love to watch an alternative version. I don't, I don't know. Well, if you ever watch um, sort of an American cop show, often the British character in there is the baddie, isn't it? Mm. If you've seen that, that's quite a common thing. They come on with a really posh accent. And obviously, if, if you're American, you obviously think that anyone who's British speaks with a very posh, plum accent, don't you know? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to have to maybe watch a, 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 an alternative. I'm going to watch a Russian spy film. That's where Russia are the good guys, unless they unless they just be the bad guys anyway. Yeah, I think it's a difficult message to put out. They just say, "Look, our country are the baddies." Okay, <laughs> we're not going to claim to be the goodies. I mean, you know, have you not cottoned on yet already? Unlike Kim Jong Un, who's trying to tra- change the story quickly, isn't he? He's suddenly everybody's best friend, isn't he? He went to China. He, he's been to China. He's he wants to meet Donald Trump. And I mean, I don't even want to meet Donald Trump. <laughs> and he, he's his worst enemy, and he wants to meet him. Perhaps he's doing that thing of keep your friends close, but keep your enemies even closer. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what Because they're starting to call them frenemies now, aren't they? Are they? I've not yeah. heard that term. Is that like someone who's hangry? Uh, yeah. Hungry and angry, yeah. yeah. So that, that's going to be him, because he, he's just, he turned up at everything he wants to. He's, he went and watched a pop concert the other day, a K-pop what is it? A K-pop concert. It's Korean. Oh, I've seen something about it on news. I didn't actually. He, he's, read the story. he's really, honestly, he's just—he's he's a whole new person. I think he's been away to a spa for a weekend or something. Yeah, do you think he's had like counselling and a life coach to Possibly. sort of say to him, "Yeah, stop being so angry. Stop being so aggressive. Stop <laughs> you firing your rockets off. You don't need these rockets. Places. Have you heard of Chinese fireworks? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's gone to China for. Maybe yeah. he's just gone to. You know what? We don't need these rockets and missiles. These fireworks we can get, they make, make some beautiful patterns in the sky. Yeah. Ooh, if we'd have known about this all along, we wouldn't have bothered. We wouldn't have bothered with these rockets. We don't need them. Maybe that's what you were thinking. Possibly. I'm not sure. Finally, though, uh, Accrington Stanley have made the news because um, their, their chairman was sort of quoted in, I think it was a newspaper, possibly. He was quoted saying um, that he gives his players a £200 bonus to go and buy takeaways. Um, if they win the game, ah, so, but unfortunately, the takeaway got it for was KFC, and they got no chicken. Exactly, they, they're is, still sorry, struggling. Joke, yeah. Went to KFC the other day. They're still struggling. They're still struggling for gravy. They've got no hash browns. Oh, okay. Really struggling. What's um, wrong with them? It's, it's still something to do with the old delivery issue, I think, and where they store the chicken and stuff. I'm guessing there's a lot of chicken that have gone wasted and so on. But anyway, yeah, Accrington Stanley owner uh, Andy Holt. Um, he's, he's he was quoted saying that he um, sort of gives his players, admitters giving his players or oh, his team two hundred pound to go and spend at McDonald's if they win. And I think it was specifically mentioned McDonald's. I don't know if they had to go to McDonald's or other takeaways are available yeah. and all that. When you say it's a two hundred pound McDonald's, is that in terms of monetary or is that the weight of the McDonald's that they're getting to share between them, <laughs> which would be a gargantuanly large McDonald's for eleven players? But the reason it's made the news is because the uh, English Football League have picked up on it because apparently any bonus 
any bonus at all has got to be written into the contracts of the players so that it's all you you, you know because all I'm guessing it might all be to do with financial fair play now bonuses can add to all that and so on but um, maybe oh, it's been taken a bit too seriously by the football league if anything are they not bothered by the fact that he's giving these grown men complete and utter rubbish to eat if they win the game of football yeah I'd like to know where they are in the league table I should have looked at this because uh, uh, I do actually think they're towards the top of the oh fair enough division. so everybody eat McDonald's it's obviously yeah. good for you well, didn't Usain Bolt you, didn't Usain Bolt <laughs> used to have chicken nuggets before he ran in the Olympics. Is that right? <laughs> Possibly. Well, yeah. you, you can't say it didn't work. Yeah. So. yeah. He partly credits that as uh, making it... Well, I don't think he credits that as making him run so fast, but I think it was all part of relaxing and getting ready for his Olympic race. Um, so, yeah, that's a very unusual story. Um, I suppose it almost ties into... Um, a question I saw earlier on when I was watching a quiz programme to do with the Sutton United goalkeeper who ate a pie when he was on the bench. Yes. And what was the response to him? He got uh, reported to... Well, that was all about betting, though, wasn't it? Whereas this yes. is just just a chairman saying, oh, you know what, well, we're 11 points clear, you know, we're celebrating, it's great, because when my players have won, I give them £200 and they go and get themselves McDonald's to celebrate. And that's been now questioned as a, as a contract issue. <laughs> is, is it a, well, Imagine writing that into the contract. <laughs> Surely, surely though. I wonder if players are going to use it as a bargaining tool. That now, look, Accrington <laughs> Stanley are offering me a Big Mac. What have you got for me? Okay. Look, you're saying pizza. <laughs> I want pizza express, right? Okay, I want a sit-down meal after the game if we win, and yeah, you know, I'll even have a little blue glasses and everything. But how could it be a contractual thing? Because surely you can just turn around and say, actually, we're not doing it today. Do you think, what do they have to do next? If it's the Christmas party, they have to pay for it and that sort of stuff. I want to know what happens when they actually win the league. What do they get given then? I don't know. Like, do you get to keep the toy out of the Happy Meal? <laughs> Does he buy him a franchise? I could do, As yeah. in, you know, like their own KFC, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, why don't you just get it installed on Maybe the Maybe that one would have to be written into the contracts, possibly. Yeah. So I wanted to talk April because, of course, March went by so quickly and we didn't really podcast as much in March as we do, um, as we did in the other previous month. So we didn't really mention some of the things that might have been going on in March other than... We did International Women's Day, to be fair, and we, we did Crufts and so on, but then kind of March passed us by really quickly. So I wanted to sort of make sure we mentioned this time some things that are happening... Um, in April, and we can maybe just quickly talk about what some of those are. Uh, so first of all, Stress Awareness Month. I asked you to do a bit of research on this, didn't you? Because this was originally going to be our theme. This was going to be our theme, and I went on the Stress Awareness <laughs> Month website, and there was pretty much no information on there whatsoever. So you know what happened? I got a bit stressed about it. Too, <laughs> that must been quite stressful. Yeah. Do you know Do you know why normally I do the theme, and, and uh, I passed this one on to you, didn't I? I said, yeah. look up stress for us. <laughs> oh, did you know about this? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I thought, well, if you're going to be stressed, and so am I. But yeah. uh, this is all about raising awareness of stress and but stress relief mainly not just knowing about stress and what it is when it comes from but also knowing about how to relieve stress so about having a holiday good work-life balance being healthy exercising all yeah. those things that can kind of help or being just told to man up by Piers Morgan. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that would obviously that would sort it out. Well, I think that was more about depression, but stress is something that can lead it can of course, be, yes. to depression and, and so on. That's quite a lot. And in... depression can lead to stress. And stress leads to the dark side. Yes. Oh, sorry, that's Star Wars. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is quite a bad thing. Um, does 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 that cause stress fractures in your limbs as well? In in your in your bones? It, if you're that stressed that, that you're different? jumping up and down in anger. Yeah. You, you know, it, it could well be the case. Um, you could that stress could certainly cause that yeah. road rage and things like that as well. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff. You o- occupational stress. You I don't really want stress. So, so with the sort of thing about exercising, um, one easy way to exercise is on the sixth of April they have walk to work day, 
and I checked this to make sure it wasn't on a Saturday or a Sunday because <laughs> that wouldn't be very good, would it? But no, it's on a Friday, which might next year they might have to move the day because it fall it will probably fall on a Saturday, in which case most people aren't working. Oh no, obviously a lot of people are, but most people aren't working. Yeah, and if if you work for Atkinson Stanley and you do walk to work, then the uh, owner will give you a McDonald's afterwards as well. They, so. ought, they, they ought to, <laughs> and they ought to just for a walk um, walk to work um, day every time Northern Rail have a strike, yes. um, because then you, most of the time you've got to walk to work anyway, haven't you? Yeah. So. Why don't they have a national driving to work and get there on time and contribute to the economy day? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great idea? So, yeah, walk to work day, 6th of April, if you want to take part in that. Well, so we've got National Pet Month this month. Yep, we've so, got pets. Um, pets are for not just for April, Easter. they are for an Easter and Christmas, they are for all year round, but it is National Pet Month, so it's day two. It's a month to appreciate your pets a bit more than normal, but I think you should appreciate them all year round anyway. I think most people probably do, if they're big pet people. Um, they would pay a lot of attention to them throughout the entire year. So uh, It's also Mathematics and Statistics Awareness Month, um, which I believe Diane Abbott's a big patron of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She, she's 117% behind that one. <laughs> or she'd call it three quarters. <laughs> so, uh, Mathematics and Statistics Awareness Month. Did you, was you aware of that? Uh, I've got an A-level in Mathematics and Statistics, so uh, I'm fairly aware of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't so aware you, of it. Now you're aware of it. We've, we've, yeah. we've done our bit. Just making you aware and anyone who's listening, I suppose. Um, it's also IBS Awareness Month. Um I said IBS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not IDS. Yes. Not, not, the... not Ian Duncan Smith. Yeah. No one's um, aware of him, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and uh, Bowel Cancer Awareness Month as well. Those two, obviously, you know, sort of the uh, awareness month about bowels, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so you've got IBS and Bowel Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, yes. So um, if you've got any jokes about that, then please get in touch. Although it's not very, not very easy to make sort of jokes. Well, I, made, I, I, did, I did. Well, no, it's not. But I did make a joke about... Um, about uh, IBS a couple of months ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, um, when I was talking about bird themed. Oh, right, yeah. I said, so uh, I didn't have a, I, you know, there's an owl in the back garden causing a lot of trouble, oh, all yeah. way for, hooting all the way through the night, and I got irritable owl syndrome. Hey. So there you go, there, there's one. I've kind of reused that, admittedly. It's also Jazz Appreciation Month. Um, so would you rather sit listening to jazz for a month or sit with uh, irritable bowel syndrome for a month? Well, I quite like jazz music oh, and, go, and blues fine. music, so yeah, I'd rather listen to jazz music. Uh, is it Jazz Hands Appreciation Month as well for all those sort of theatrical types? <laughs> I don't who... get Jazz Hands because if you play anything like, you know, the clarinet or the, the saxophone, you know, the sort of things that you associate yeah. with jazz, and that's no good if you're, not, if, you, if you're doing Jazz Hands, is it? Surely Jazz Hands would be appropriate if you played the accordion or something like that when they're looking at how the people do your Jazz Hands. Or well, you'll drop your instrument, surely, though. Oh, well, yeah, good point. I mean, what could he do with Jazz Hands? I, I, don't, I don't know. It just dance about. I've never understood Jazz Hands. Clean windows, I think, is probably the only thing. <laughs> or polish something. Uh, so that's that's Jazz Appreciation Month, so you can appreciate jazz this month if you like. Um, what else have we got? 7th of April is World Health Day and International Pillow Fight Day. Okay. So I'm not sure whether those two have got any links to them. I suppose it's exercise, so that's healthy, but pillows can be dangerous yep. and you don't end up in hospital on World Health Day because you're having a pillow fight on International Pillow Fight Day. Yeah. I wonder if it's called International Pillow Fight Day because they have some sort of World Cup of, international, of, of pillow fights. Do you think that's, we'll win that? Do you think that's why Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump are due to meet up fairly soon? <laughs> Possibly. Gonna they might just be going for a big pillow fight. Yeah, I think it's whacking Donald Trump on the head and his hair flaps around all the all over the place. Last year, I um, on International um, Pillow Fight Day, I picked up a pillow and smashed my wife around the back of her head with a pillow. Um, she was fuming. She was spitting feathers. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the thing. What if you're allergic to feathers? <laughs> and it's on World Health Day as well. Exactly, it'd be a nightmare. So there you go. Maybe we could have uh, we could have organised a pillow fight and just done the podcast, a pillow fight instead of a podcast. Filmed it, done the pillow fight while podcasting. Yeah, and wearing pajamas. Yeah, which you sometimes do on the podcast. I would I to add you wear occasionally. Your I've, I've come, I've, I'm at your house today, so I'm a bit smarter than that. Yeah. Um. On the 9th of April, it is Parkinson's Awareness Week. So if we were to do a podcast next week, we'll get Michael Parkinson in to uh, sort of guest host it. He could say. You, uh, can, you can go off and uh, have it. Uh, you can go to rehab or something. Oh, and I'll get Michael Parkinson in. Yeah, he, he can come in and say. Uh, can we still do it at your house? <laughs> yeah, just so we can let Park- give Parkinson details about my house and you can come in. You'll get a free Parker pen out of it. Oh, yes. And, and he can sell you some life assurance, whatever it is, can't you? And, yeah. Uh, yeah arrange your funeral costs and that sort of stuff. I'm not sure if there's any other famous Parkinson's I can mention, but of course we're talking about uh, the health condition, uh, Parkinson's, which is obviously a very serious issue. A very serious issue. So yeah. it's uh, it, so that is that is the 9th of April. It's pa- Parkinson's Awareness Week. So you might see events um, in the local area raising awareness of Parkinson's and so on, and char- raising money for Parkinson's disease and so yeah. on. So yeah, a very worthy charity. Why don't they actually get Michael Parkinson's to try and raise awareness of? I've always thought he'd be the perfect person. Sure, it'd be yeah. far better. Yeah, yeah. It's good to say. Well, if if anyone is suffering from Parkinson's disease, uh, I remember saying to my great friend Billy Conley, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, that's that, my. That impression. might be one of the best impressions you've done on this. That, that's uh, my impression of Michael Parkinson. I've actually met Michael Parkinson at my graduation. Actually, did you? I did. Yeah. Did he? Did he interview you? Uh, no, he didn't, he didn't have time to interview me. Right. Um, and I didn't have time to ask if he could come on the Wowers podcast either. Right. Uh, but I did get a free Parker pen. Oh, very so. good. Uh, anyway, uh, on to the next one then. April Fool's Day and Easter Sunday. Well, obviously they're April-themed events. And, um, of course, they both fell on the same day, as mentioned earlier. The first time that's happened since 1956. And the next time it'll happen is 2029. So the first time that April Fool's Day and Easter Sunday fell on exactly the same day. Yeah, isn't it amazing, though, that the resurrection of Christ uh, fell on April Fool's Day this year? It's almost as though the story is just a load of rubbish, isn't it? (laughs) So, on to our little feature, then, which I'm going to be calling April Fool's or April News. That's not so good, is it, really? I could have done something better than that. Possibly. We pushed the boat out on the name of the. I, I, I've thing been thinking once for again. ages. I couldn't find. A, I couldn't think of anything. I was trying to think. Could I do anything like April Fools and horses or something? No, to be fair, I mean we've had things called you know you kidding me or you kipping me and that sort of stuff. And yeah. As Bo or as now, so that's that's probably keeping with the theme of terrible titles yeah. for the theme. So it will, which what we're going to go with? Just April Fools and April News. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's not good. new news. News. You can't even say it differently to make it just blend in slightly. Yeah, not quite, but yeah, it's all right. Never mind. I'm sure there might be an accent where it might rhyme better than what it does in our accents. Oh, I can try accents if you want. Um, let's let's even get Michael Parkinson trying to say <laughs> yeah, that, that, but uh, c- carry on. Right. Okay. So what I've got here then are ten stories. Okay. Now we know. Now it is strange that April Fool's Day has existed so long. Yet um, fake news is a big thing that's come about over the last few years. It's already got its own day without actually even trying. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's expanded out. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult at times when you're in such a niche market to expand out. So obviously they have to try and push their thing throughout the entire year. It's kind of the one day where April, where fake news is acceptable, isn't it? On April yeah. Fool's Day, although there are lots of April Fools that shouldn't take place. Um, um, I ate all my daughter's Easter eggs on April Fool's Day. And, yeah. I, well, I was going to tell her that I'd had all her Easter eggs and not her actually eating them, but then I realised she's only, what, non, ten months old. non-10 months old, so she yeah. can't eat chocolate anyway, so I did eat the Easter eggs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell her next year. You know, I ate all your Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Do it, do it again next year and say, well, I did it last year and didn't comply. <laughs> so we've got 10 stories. I just want you to tell me if they are real, 
So if they're April Fools or if it's a real news story, okay? okay. And I've tried to get the stories that maybe occurred around this same sort of time. So right. we're talking recent news stories as well. Some of them may have fell on April Fools' Day themselves, so it might okay. be quite hard to tell if they were April Fools or not. Some of them were maybe a day after, day before right. or whatever, but all generally around the same so sort of time. It's it's new stories in the last few years that have occurred around no, April No, new so. stories recently. Oh, recently. Very okay. recently, yeah. So we're talking right. like the last week or so. Okay? Right, okay. So I've tried to make it so it's still quite topical rather than using old news and all that. So I, I might be able to get half of these answers if I've just simply watched the news in the Possibly, last few but weeks. I've okay. tried to pick things that... That are obscure. That are obscure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? So your first news story then. A man who was stabbed in the back during a pub brawl returned to the bar to have another beer. The victim's knife was still in his back when he returned to the pub in Queensland, Australia, and he went to hospital later. Uh, and he's in a stable condition now, so he's fine now. But is that story real, or is it an April Fool's? Uh, well, he says in a stable condition, which obviously is more the nativity play, as opposed to um, Easter, isn't it? Because um, obviously Jesus was in the stable. Um, now, he said this is, was in Sydney, Australia, wasn't it? So I think there's just another story. Obviously, the Australian cricketers don't carry toolboxes or sandpaper <laughs> in their jock straps. Um, most Australians don't own a knife block, so they simply just shove the knife in their own back and walk around <laughs> with it. Um, so I think Australians like their drinking. I think that is true. I think that is news. Well done. You would be correct. Yes, that one is actual real news. So, yeah, you got one right there straight away. On to number two, then. A Jigsaw fan said his marriage nearly fell apart while taking two years to complete a 33,600-piece puzzle. He worked on the six-metre jigsaw for up to four hours a day. The ex-lorry driver said, I nearly got divorced because of the time I spent on it. Is that real or fake? Uh, a six-metre jigsaw? Mm-hmm. That is that is ridiculously big, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he said it was a shame that it nearly broke up his marriage because his, his wife completes him. Yeah. It all fell to pieces afterwards, is <laughs> what he said. Um, I, I, I know that a... People like their jigsaws, don't they, and take it really seriously. Yeah, we're talking. In, we are talking. Yeah, we're talking about not an actual jigsaw puzzle, not a jigsaw. Oh yeah, is this another Australian Christian who is <laughs> carrying his tools around? Um, in fact, I actually think that um, an in-law of yours was a keen jigsaw fan. Is that correct? It's correct. Yes, and yes. appeared on the Chris Evans. He did. He show. appeared on the Chris Evans breakfast show. He had a jigsaw of himself that he called his selfie. Right. Okay. Uh, and he was up on the wall and everything. If, if he made it, did he make it himself with his own jigsaw chopping it out? Because that must have been very disheartening, <laughs> sort of really solid dismembering and chopping himself up. Um, I think that could be true. I'd say, I'd say that's news. Well done. Once again, absolutely spot on. Well done, yeah. So that is real as well. Next one, then, number three. Local pasty company to provide 3,000 bacon double cheeseburger pasties for Royal Wedding. So Cornish Pod, based in Millbrook on the um, Rain Peninsula, confirmed that they will be supplying 3,000 of their burger-inspired pasties um, for the evening do at Windsor Castle for the Royal Wedding. Right, well, is, is the 3,000 people going to it? I mean, it's, it's always difficult to cater at weddings, isn't it? You're not sure <laughs> how many people are going, and I would, sometimes you think, you know, should I get a little bit too much? But 3,000 is quite a lot. I also think, I don't see why they get pasties as well, because is there anything to do with Cornwall? Uh, it's a bit Harry? of a flaky story, this one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's true. I'm going to say that's April Fool. Well done again, three out of three. That is an April Fool's. I'm not sure exactly where that one appeared, but that one um, is an April Fool's, that one. Next one then. Woman arrested for sexually assaulting the Easter Bunny. 
<laughs> a 54, <laughs> uh, they, were, they were going at it like rabbits. Right. Anyway, a 54, a 54-year-old woman was arrested on Saturday after police said she lewdly propositioned and grabbed an Easter bunny working at a carousel park in Mansfield. Now, this isn't Mansfield near us uh, uh, in the sort of no- uh, Derbyshire, not- Nottinghamshire. Nottinghamshire area. Uh, this is in Ohio, so... Right, uh, yeah. well... Uh, well, you've done that great thing of qualifying the ridiculous story by saying it, it took place in America, <laughs> uh, which obviously makes it a lot more plausible. Um, the only way you could say make it more plausible is by saying that Donald Trump said. Or, so that could be true, but at the same time, at the age of 50, what, how old did you say the person was? 50-something, 57? 54, yeah. 54. She, she could have feasibly groped a bunny at any point in she, her life She's old. Then. She was maybe after after more eggs, you know. Maybe, yeah. Um, I... Uh, I well, that'd be a very strange April Fool's story to make up, I think. And it was on Easter Sunday, April Fool's Sunday. Day. So I think that that would be true. You so think it's I think, true? I think that's news. Well done again, yeah. Does that make it four out of four for you? Uh, I think it four does, yeah. So four out of four, yep, yeah, so well done. Uh, that is a real one as well. Um, yeah, she was arrested, actually. Got into a bit of trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Um, next then, a London cafe is now selling selfie chinos. The Tea Terrace, based in House of Fraser, Oxford Street branch, uh, this is obviously in London, has become Europe's first location to deliver the selfie chino, which features an image of customers' faces on the frothy topping of their drinks. Patrons send their headshots via an online messaging app uh, to the barista, who are given the choice of either a cappuccino or a hot chocolate as their canvas. So they get, basically in the froth, a picture yeah. of themselves, and they can drink a picture of themselves. So you know, like, you might get, like, a... It'd be great if you looked like a leaf, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, that must that, that is what a complete and utter load of tripe if anyone ever believed that it's going to be true now isn't it but I, I can't see that's going to be correct at all you're probably better off getting a frothy coffee and just imprinting your own face into it I would say <laughs> that, that is a lie that is, that is April Fool Yes, that is real. Yes, it is real. So um, this one, this new story was from the last couple of months, so it's not actually didn't come up on April right, Fool's okay. Day itself. But this is a real new story, uh, and yeah, it's something that's really happening. But the reason I picked that one out, um, so you can actually get yourself a selfie chino with a picture of yourself <laughs> on it, and I've seen the pictures; it looks pretty good. Um, but the the reason I picked this one out is because McDonald's did an April Fool's um, new story, so they announced an April Fool's or they announced a, a new thing on April Fool's Day where you could get a Big Mac where the seeds on the Big Mac bun are in the face of you so you go to you know the right. order you know the order points that you yep. have in McDonald's now the touch screen order points you could sort of take a picture of yourself on the order points and your burger would come with a selfie picture of you in um, in sesame seeds on top of the burger so yeah although that one is an April Fool's you yep. can actually get a selfie chino there you go really? so well done that's uh, what one out of, you've got one out of five wrong so yep. you've got four out of five right well done uh, Royal Burial Ground uncovered at St Albans Cathedral opens can of worms for Brexit Okay, so archaeologists have uncovered a grave which could blow open British history and possibly complicate Brexit. Their dig in Abbey Grounds has reached a burial ground thought to be the final resting place of England's first Norman King, William I, otherwise known as the Conqueror. The French government will be discussing it with British authorities today, as if this is the if this is King William, it may mean the land is legally French territory. This ancient convent could now throw a spanner in Brexit works and may mean another border agreement similar to the one that's been negotiated for Northern Ireland. Right, okay. Now, obviously, the slight premise here is that just because you die somewhere, that seems to make it the firstly your property and also the property of the country that you This live is in. a king. This is a king, though. This is history. Well, yeah, but when 
JFK was shot in that car in Dallas, and all of a sudden becomes the owner yeah, of the this car. Is, didn't this, he? Is, this could have been medieval laws, rules, you know, those kind of things. Could well have been. Um, realistically, the notion that Brexit could get any complica- more complicated <laughs> is a ridiculous one, anyway. I think it's top of the agenda now. This yeah. this this uh, this um, thing. Eh? Why don't they? Look or do you think they're happy to let sell Albans go to France? I don't know. I don't know. In, nice place. I've never been. Never been. Um, it sounds French, doesn't it? Sounds Actually, uh, we do have listeners in St Albans, so Henry right. and. Uh, what we got? January. Still, not, still not change the name to April. Yeah. That wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> um, I'd, I, I can't see that this would be correct. Uh, I think what they should do is try and look at his passport, see who it is, see what colour his passport is, work out what nationality it is. So I'm going to say that's April Fool. Well done. Yep, that one is an April Fool's, and I did pick um, something out from the St Albans. Um, news website right. their sort of local news website because i thought i thought we'll throw in the saint albans one in there for i tried to pick out places we know we've got list people listening in and people get involved in the show and so on so there we go that one is an april fool's i quite like that one as well next then derbyshire's most beloved bird the duck which is already honored by the country's favorite catchphrase a up me duck is set to be further immortalized with statues across the region Local authorities are considering planning applications from the Derbyshire Duck Lovers Society for statues of the country, uh, of the county's favourite bird to stand tall and proud at major landmarks in Chesterfield, Matlock, Buxton, Ripley, Belper and Ilkston. Uh, early proposals are to build individual 20-foot drake ducks with their marvellous wings spread and poised for flight and, where possible, ponds are to be dug to attract real birds to a feeding area to be enjoyed by tourists. Um... I don't think that Derbyshire is necessarily well known for ducks, is where I'm sort of falling down on Are you saying there's no ducks in Derbyshire? I'm not saying there's no ducks in Derbyshire. Have you ever been to Derbyshire and not seen a duck? Uh, On plenty of occasions I've been to Derbyshire and not seen a duck, uh, particularly where I've not been near a pond, Um, (laughs) which is quite frequent where I go to Derbyshire. I suspect there are ducks in Derbyshire. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's well known for it because I don't think it's a particularly aquatic area. Although, And also the the phrase, A up me duck, is is that not more of a Yorkshire phrase? Kind of, I suppose. Um, in the same way that Ayup Pet is Newcastle. I'm not sure what the Derbyshire version of that would be. Uh, but I don't see that that would be, um, would be true, so I'm going to say that is April Fool. Well done again, yeah. That one is an April Fool's. Shame, that, because I'd build that up to be the best one of the... Uh, hey. uh, see what I did there. Anyway, never mind. Uh, next then. A medieval well discovered during renovation work at Doncaster Market is set to be turned into a 50 million water slide thrill ride. Doncaster... <laughs> You know, you're already laughing. This is serious. Yeah, yeah. Doncaster's got the Doncaster Dome where they've got some great flume rides there and so on. So Doncaster Council's announced these plans. Uh, The controversial plans, which have got a lot of people uh, up in arms about it, they're not so happy about this, uh, was discovered during um, refurbishment works to the Wool Market last week. Um, It becomes a dramatic underground... It's going to become a dramatic underground water slide aimed at opening um, the area up to younger visitors. Well, I did say something about something in Doncaster last week and them trying to do some kind of tourist attraction. Whether or not it was a genuine news story or an April Fool, I can't remember. I can't imagine they would have a underwater, uh, an underground water slide. Surely health and safety would kick that into touch because you might get stuck on the slide and you'd be underground and no one could come rescue you. Albeit, I have been on things abroad that are sort of similar to that. And I've heard Doncaster Council uh, are really, really, really upset that there's been so much... Um... Um, so many people against this idea. Apparently, the fluming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think that's an April Fool as well. 
Well done. You will be correct again. Still only one wrong, yeah. So that one is an April Fool's. Again, that one from the sort of Doncaster local press. I think it's Doncaster Free Press, I think their yeah. local paper might be called. Uh, next then, um, driver caught with Homer Simpson licence in Milton Keynes. When an officer stops a driver in Buckinghamshire, uh, they're handed a licence with the cartoon character's address and picture. The force said the driver's car was seized and it was reported for driving with no insurance and driving without a proper licence. What do you reckon? Um, It's a marginal offence, but uh... (laughs) Um, he. Well, what if it was Homer Simpson? (laughs) Um, I. I've not seen. I've not seen this story. I've seen similar stories um, with people producing fake licences with a cartoon character on it. Not necessarily seen one with Homer Simpson, mind you. Um, but I think that is quite feasible. I think someone could have done that. Why? Why? Why would he do that? Because surely, if you're going to have a fake driving license, you'd surely have more. One that's more believable, I suppose. Well, yeah, not unless you're yellow and uh, fat and wear a white <laughs> t-shirt and blue trousers all the time. Um, do you think? Well, do you think they sort of like said that's not your license? And he said, "Don't." <laughs> so, like, pretend that, try to do an impression of Adam Simpson. <laughs> um, so I think that probably I've seen similar stories. So I think that's true. You think it's true? Yeah. Well done, yep, that one is true, yes, that happened in Milton Keynes. And then your last one then, so can you make it 9 out of 10? A US-based mattress company may have cracked how to compete with Airbnb. So have you heard of Airbnb? I've heard of Airbnb, So yeah. it's where people rent out a bedroom in yep. their home, isn't it, and you can stop over there, and it's yep. just a, and it's sort of a quite a cheap way, but a good way of making money as well if you want to sort of sell a room for a night sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, this US-based mattress company have cracked their... Uh, they come up with their own idea by allowing singletons to rent out half of their beds. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, Lucid Mattress launched its share bed campaign telling would-be customers the other side of a bed is waiting for you on the other side of the world. So, yeah, if you've got, like, a big bed, double bed, maybe you wouldn't do it with a single bed because then that's, that's yeah. really not a good deal at all. But if you've got a double bed and there's only you in it, you could technically share it with someone else. Maybe you've got the top and tail with them. Yeah. If you've got a double bed and you're a man and you're single <laughs> and you'd like to try and somehow find a way of getting a woman in there, then... Yeah, apparently the first uh, one that's gone on is for one in the White House, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's half a bed going in the White House. Yeah. Um... Especially after recent uh, rumours and, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and please wee on it. Um, uh, that I, I don't see that that can be true. That is, that is way too far-fetched. There is no way, in this day and age with sort of things about sexual harassment and stuff like that, you would not be able to rent out half of your bed. I'm sure there's rules involved. Uh, you know, how? It's the internet. You can do it. It may only have to be, you know, you, you may have to take your own sleeping bag. Hmm. Um, why, don't you, why don't you sleep on the floor if you've got a sleeping <laughs> bag? No, I'll tell you what, I'll get into my sleeping the bag. The floors are hard and cold. Well, yeah, but like sharing a bed with someone else is like weird, isn't it? <laughs> Especially we don't know. Um, although I'd suspect, you know, possibly... A fair few people have done that in the past. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say that that is April full. Well done. I think that's one of the best scores we've had in a quiz, actually. Nine out of ten. Yeah, that one isn't real. So there you go. That was April Fools or April News. Ools. I don't know. And I think that brings us to a close. It pretty much does. Uh, so thank you very much for a very entertaining quiz there, Jim. That was very good. Thoroughly entertaining. Uh, and that pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast for this week. So you can obviously tweet us at Waste of Webspace. You can go to our um, website, www.wasteofwebspace.co.uk. There's also a Facebook page yeah. you can go to. 
uh, everything else, reviewers on Apple Podcasts and what have you. Get in touch if you want to mention. You know, we featured St. Albans in there today because we know uh, we've had interaction from people who live in St. Albans yep. and Doncaster. And Doncaster. Uh, and Chesterfield, Derbyshire, we've had interaction from those kind of people. So please do get in touch, let us know. We can mention your place. Yep. We did our own April Fool's joke as well on Twitter, didn't we? We we did. We, we did. We claimed that we'd been nominated at the Chapeltown Radio and Podcasting Award, the Craps, um, <laughs> which, uh, which it turned out wasn't actually true. Although if it was true, I'm sure we would win the Craps Award yes, for this podcast. The Crap Podcast Award. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hopefully you'll join us again next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.